Dear Father, as we begin our time of prayer, may you teach us, Lord, how to pray. May you even teach us how to ask for the infilling of your Holy Spirit. So friends, let's spend this minute. At the end of one minute, I will sing a song. It means to say that we'll have to wrap up our prayers. And I'll, I'll start with a short prayer. We may begin praying with one another. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for you. Oh, dear Father, Lord, may that song be not just a song, but our prayer and our experience as well. Father, I pray that uh, may you prepare our hearts. May you empty us of anything that will hinder us from receiving our fullness. Lord, I ask in a very special way that may you hide me behind your cross. I may not be seen or be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up and exalted. Father, once again, we pray, fill us with your spirit, for we ask this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. Amen. When I told you that there's a lot of prayer that were offered, especially at the beginning of the year, it was, it was really amazing. We had, for those of you who had not attended GYC, we had a very interesting GYC this year. Uh, it's like half of the number of GYC attendees this year. There, there were only like 1,500 who came. But uh, it, was, it was a beautiful, beautiful time of prayer, especially during, uh, during New Year's. And New Year's, we, uh, we welcomed the New Year from 10.30 p.m. till 12.30 in the morning on our knees. And I think more than 800 showed up. It was such a beautiful experience. They didn't want to end, but I had to end it because I had to lead out 6 a.m. again. <laughs> and after that, we went, uh, we, stayed in, uh, we stayed in Houston, and I, I was asked to do another week of prayer. And after Houston, we, we waited for, uh, for a few days, and then we flew again to Chattanooga for another week of prayer. And after Chattanooga, I flew back to Berrien Springs to do a week of prayer in Andrews. And now I'm here. <laughs> God is good, friends. God is good. And, and, I believe, and I believe that God is really calling His people to pray. Amen. Because we're living in such a very interesting times right now. And that is, that is why there's so much prayer that is offered. For God is setting up the stage because He's about to do something really powerful. And I've been seeing things after things unfold, especially in our church. And I really, really praise God. So friends, before we continue on any further, I'd just like to establish one thing, that the Word of God is powerful. Can you say amen? amen. That the God that we serve is powerful. Amen. That is a very weak amen. That the God that we serve is powerful. Amen. That should be a cause of rejoicing, my dear friends. And I, I love this beautiful verses that is found in Psalms. Let's open our Bibles. You know this, uh, this beautiful verse, but uh, let's, let's go back and review this. Psalm 33, verses 6 and 9. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say wait for me. Okay, we will wait. Psalm 33, verses 6 and 9. Okay, it says here, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of His mouth. He spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Friends, isn't the Word of God powerful? And everything that He says will come to pass. Can you say amen? amen. And just imagine walking with Jesus when He was here on earth. If, if you knew what you knew while you were walking with Jesus, I believe, friends, everything will change. But just imagine you were one of those disciples that are walking with Jesus. And friends, you know the whole story. It's a sad story. They've been walking with Jesus 33, no, no, three years. Three years and a half, they've been walking with Jesus, and yet they did not take Him at His word. They did not take Him at His word. Jesus told them that He's going to die three times. Almost no one believed. 
only one, Mary. Only one took Jesus at his word. And uh, by the way, friends, the story that I'll be sharing with you is found in Desire of Ages, page 39. And uh, it's found also in Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 6. I will not go into the details of the story. I just want to focus on the beautiful lesson that the Lord somehow, somehow gave to me. And, and it was just enlightening, friends. Remember, Jesus just performed a powerful miracle by feeding the 5,000. Just imagine that, friends. He fed the 5,000 with, with how much materials? Five loaves of bread and two small fish. Yeah, it's not a milk fish. It's not a big tuna. It's two small fish. And this is one amazing thing about God. Remember, He's powerful. He's awesome. The five loaves of bread and two fish fed the, not 5,000, but I believe there's more than 20,000. And in God's accounting, <laughs> the world could not contain God's accounting. Five loaves of bread, two fish, fed the 20,000 plus 12 baskets overflow. This is the way of God. This is the power of our God. And yet after that, remember after that account, if you read, if you read this beautiful story in Desire of Ages, after that account, they somehow wanting to follow the crowd's desire of crowning Jesus as king. And Jesus saw what's about to happen, and Jesus stopped them. The moment Jesus stopped them, there was some bitterness in the hearts of the disciples. I will not go into the details. If you have time, please read this. This is such a beautiful description. It says here, friends, this is one, this is one sad line here. Thus the disciples reasoned until they brought upon themselves great spiritual darkness. They reasoned until they were brought into great spiritual darkness. They questioned, could Jesus be an imposter as the Pharisees asserted? And I'm thinking, how could they think of Jesus being an imposter? They've been hanging out with Jesus. They've been sleeping in the same house with Jesus, eating at the same table. And every miracle that Jesus performed, they're in the front seat. They have backstage passes. They have the behind the scenes. And yet they could think that Jesus be an imposter? So this is the thing that, that somehow struck me. What made them think that Jesus was not the Messiah? And further, it says here, by the way, this is from... Desire of Ages, page 380, paragraph 1. And it says here, Unbelief was taking possession of their minds and hearts. Love of honor had blinded them. The love of honor had blinded them. I will define this as their dreams did not match with Jesus' reality. The dreams that they had, when Jesus said, I will die, and he said, uh-uh, that doesn't match my, my dreams while I'm, why I'm following you. Remember, they're following Jesus for their own benefit. Thinking that Jesus is the key to the fulfillment of their dreams. Their earthly dreams. And because of that, friends, because of that, they were not taking Jesus at His word. The words of Jesus that's supposed to be a powerful word did not mean anything to them. And I'm thinking, wow, sad, sad story. But when I look at my life, there are a lot of times that I did not connect with Jesus because what He's asking me to do does not match the plans that I have, the dreams that I have, the desires that I have. And friends, and then I realize that I don't ask for His plans. I only present them to Him. Is that what we do? You've heard this sermon so many times. We just want His stamp. We just want His approval. And sometimes we forget that the Lord knows better than we do. Huh? At least one person agreed. <laughs> the Lord knows better than we do. And sometimes we forget that God should be in charge and not us. God should be in charge and not us. And friends, Another beautiful description here. Their thoughts were stormy and unreasonable, and the Lord gave them something else to afflict their souls and occupy their minds. It says here, God often does this when men create burdens and troubles for themselves. Whoa. I think I was an expert of this. 
creating troubles for myself. Don't lie, you're an expert of that too. We are good at it, huh? We're bringing troubles upon ourselves. And when trouble comes, you know what we do? We blame Him. We even tell Him, where were you? And you know what? If, if we could just listen to the Lord, that I'm here. I've been trying to tell you, go the other way. But you want to follow your way. And friends, just imagine this. They have just witnessed a powerful miracle, a powerful account. And all they could think about was their disappointment. They just witnessed something that, that they have not seen, feeding of the 5,000. And friends, it was a very, very beautiful, beautiful event. And while I was reading through, through, this, through this account, just imagine mothers were standing together with their kids. Mother that has... That has that is a baby, and then another baby tugging her, her skirt or something. These women were standing for hours. And I could not imagine, friends, sitting at the foot of Jesus or standing while Jesus is preaching. I want to replay that DVD when I arrive in heaven. I want to hear the voice of Jesus. I could not imagine the voice of Jesus. And all they could think about the disciples, what they could think about is their dreams. And it says here, friends, a violent tempest had been stealing upon them and they were unprepared for it. And when the storm hit, they forgot their dissatisfaction. They, again, they forgot their disaffection, their unbelief, and their impatience. And I realized, friends, a storm is needed most of the time to wash us from all those things. A storm is needed to wash us from all of those things. And friends, we go back to 2020. How many dreams were fulfilled in 2020? Or, that's a wrong question. How many dreams were destroyed in 2020? How many plans? Let's not talk about dreams, just plans. How many plans were destroyed in 2020? Raise your hand if your plans got, got altered in 2020. A lot of plans were altered in 2020. 2020, I was so excited to go back home because I'll be speaking for graduation in one of our colleges. It did not happen. Graduation was canceled. Weddings were canceled. Even funerals were canceled. It's crazy. And, and friends, that, that year really did a lot of good, even though it did a lot of damage. But for me, the way I look at it right now, it did a lot of good in my spiritual walk. It says here, In the storm and darkness, the sea had taught them their own helplessness. Let me read it again. In the storm and darkness, the sea had taught them their own helplessness. Has 2020 helped us to realize our helplessness, our need of God? I talked to Catherine a while ago while, while the, the theme song was, was flashed. Lord, what's that title again? Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And friends, and they long for the presence of their master. Isn't this beautiful, friends? That when you look at the storm now, most of the time we could just see all the dreams that were destroyed, all the dreams that were that will pulverize them. But what we don't see is we needed God more in 2020 than the previous years. Can you say amen to that? Amen. A lot of prayer, prayer groups have been established. A lot of prayer groups have been set up all over the world because all of us were made to realize that without Him, we are nothing. Without Him, we are nothing. We realize that uh, we don't have a bright future here. And we realize, friends, that uh, we have to set our dreams up there. Can you say amen to this, friends? The hours toiled and the months turned into years. And friends, who thought that, that this pandemic would last for two years? No one, oh, at least... Brother Jonathan here, he's a prophet. 
for two years. It's crazy. When we had, when we were planning for a youth conference back home, we were the only event that did not cancel. National events back home were canceling. I said, no, let's let's hold out. Let's hold out. This will this will this will last for maybe two weeks, three weeks. No. <laughs> We were at, at 3 ABN in September last year, and the director told me, Jem, you know what? This station ID, while we were there before the show, the station ID that, that we had here, we were thinking that this will only be for good for two months. And we are a year and a half, and we're still playing the station ID. Wow. Friends, who would ever thought? And this just makes us realize that this world is very uncertain. And I'm thinking, my dreams compared to the uncertainty of this world, <laughs> I, better, I better think the way God would want me to think. And friends, just imagine lockdown after lockdown. Quarantine after quarantine. And lockdown here in the U.S., it's not as bad as a lockdown in the Philippines. Lockdown back home is really lockdown. Like, if you want to, be, to fight for your right, go out. There's a military outside. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go to the mall, friends, you will, you'll be given one family, only one card. So only one member of the family is allowed to go shop in a mall. All the kids, all the young people, teenagers, they could not get out of the house. They could not get out of the house. And I praise God that, that our house is near, is near a one city construction. So that became the playground of my nephews. A lot of kids were depressed, friends. It was a terrible year for everybody, especially for kids. And, and that year, a lot of people were even asking, has God forgotten us? Oh, what a way to start a restoration, huh? It's very depressing. <laughs> I promise this will get better. <laughs> but isn't it right? A lot of people are asking, even people in our, in our church, has God forgotten us? And when we look back, people are thinking, 2020 is the, is the toilet year. They said, it flushed a lot of plans, a lot of dreams down the drain. Has God forgotten us? Have you ever thought about that? Has God forgotten us in 2020? Even people said that is the year that God turned his back upon us. But listen to this, friends. Listen to this. It says here, this is in 381 paragraph 1, still in the Zara of Ages. Jesus had not forgotten them. Amen. It's a very weak amen. Jesus had not forgotten them. Amen. You need a conductor. It says here, the watcher on the shore saw those fear-stricken men battling with the tempest. Not for a moment did he lose sight of his disciples. Isn't this beautiful? Not for a moment did he lose sight of his disciples. And you know what does that say? Not for a moment did he lose sight of me during this greatest storm that we've faced. Not for a moment did he lose sight of you. Isn't that a beautiful thought, friends? Not for a moment. And it says here, with deepest solicitude. Friends, English is not my first language, so praise God for dictionaries. Solicitude. And look at what is solicitude. It says here, attentive care and protectiveness. With deepest solicitude. His eyes follow the storm-tossed boat with its precious burden. For these men were to be the light of the world. He never lose sight of you because you know what? You know, you will be the light of California. You'll be the light of the world. And it says here, the compassionate master watched his disciples when their hearts were subdued and their unholy ambition quelled and in humility they prayed for help. It was given them. Friends, sometimes a storm is needed to wash those things away when their hearts are subdued. Question, has our hearts been subdued by the storm? If, if it has not been subdued, my dear friends, then the storm has not done its job. And listen, friends, it says, and in humility they prayed for help. 
it was given them. A storm is needed to humble us. And when they prayed in humility, it was given them. No wonder. In 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, it says, If my people which are called by my name, what's the first prerequisite? So humble themselves and pray. Friends, have you noticed? We could be praying and we will not be humbling ourselves. Sometimes our relationship with God is like a customer service representative. We complain more. Huh? Have you noticed? And that was my, that was my relationship with God. And, and I... Oh, it's scary sometimes when I look back on all my prayers before before I went into the prayer ministry, or even at the beginning of the prayer ministry, I even sometimes bargain with God, if you will give me this, then I will be doing this. Or if you will not give me this, I'll not do this. Have you noticed? Like, Lord, if you just give me that woman, I will be faithful in my duties. And have you noticed, friends, when it's time for, when it's time for board exams, a lot of us fast and pray. When you're courting someone else, oh, fasting and praying, isn't it? Huh? It humbles us. <laughs> it humbles us, friend. So, listen to this. In humility, they prayed and help came. And friends, this is one thing that I realized too. That most of the time, we pray but we do not have the right attitude. We could be praying, even united prayer, and compete in prayer. If we do not have a humble heart before God, our prayer is no avail. And have you noticed, friends, oh, before I go there, I'd like to read this beautiful thought. Listen to this. This is one of my beautiful, one of my favorite quotes here. And this is, I guess, one of the biggest reasons why we miss out on prayer. Listen, the Savior longs to give them, oh, let me read that again. The Savior longs to give us a greater blessing than we ask. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The Savior longs to give us a, a greater blessing than we ask. Friends, why? Because that is Him. That is the God that we serve. Our God is not a stingy God. Our God doesn't want to withhold things from us. The Lord delights to give good gifts to His children. Especially gifts that would, that would be for your salvation, would be for my salvation. Listen to the next line. L let me read the first line again. The Savior longs to give us a greater blessing than we ask. And He delays the answer to our request. That He may show us the evil of our own hearts. And our deep need of His grace. He delays the answer to show us the evil of our own hearts. And our deep need of His grace. As I realize right now that whenever there's a need, our first prayer should be the prayer of David, Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Show me into the path, the last thing. Friends, have you noticed? Whenever we have like financial crisis, what do we do? Raise funds. Huh? Of course, we give solution right away. We raise funds. Uh, friends, you know what? Those little problems that, that, that pops up in our ministries, in our lives, in our family, in our church, is actually a call for us to search our hearts. Can you say amen to that? Amen. God is giving us a clue here, friends. Because if the heart is right with God, my dear friends, the blessings will flow. Remember who is this God? Let us establish your God is a faithful God. Your God is a good God. Your God is an amazing God. I just preached in this row. Your God is a good God. Amen? <laughs> Our God is a good God. Amen? Amen? Oh, okay. You're listening. Praise the Lord. Friends, this is the God that we serve. Oh, thank you. This is the God that we serve, my dear friends. And most of the time, when we approach Him, we factor out the character of God. I remember one, 
one college, I will not say what college it is, here in the U.S., they had, they had a financial problem. But instead of, of raising funds, you know what they did? They, do, they did fasting and prayer. The Lord searched our hearts. That's what they did. And the Lord somehow convicted them of the things that they need to surrender. And there was one very sort of insignificant thing that the Lord pointed out. There's a plaque in the school. There's a plaque in the school that has the name of the donor. And the Lord wanted that removed. And the Lord did not just reveal that to one person, I think multiple person. And you know when the Holy Spirit is leading. And they were just like, what? This is a major donor? <laughs> this will cause like, <sighs> this is uncomfortable. But my dear friends, one thing that I've learned in this, in this ministry, it's better to disappoint men than to disappoint God. Amen. So they approached the donor and they told the donor of that thing that uh, the Lord pointed out to them. Friends, you know what? The donor was not so happy. The donor stopped giving. But you know what? That was the best year for them. Financial-wise, that was the best year for them. Friends, we often forget that our greatest source of resources is Him. Amen. We often forget that the greatest source of power is Him. We look up to man so much that we forget that God is way higher than man. Is way richer than man. Is way com more compassionate, more loving, and more faithful than man. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The Savior longs to give us a greater blessing than we ask, and He delays the answer to our request that He may show us the evil of our own hearts and our deep need of His grace. Friends, when you look at this, it really needs humility to admit it, isn't it? Huh? That's why that's the first prerequisite. The Lord did not say, if my people shall pray right away. No. If my people is, who are called by my name shall humble themselves. And friends, have you noticed it says, and when in humility they asked, then the answer came. Amen. When in humility they asked, then the answer came. And friends, this is another beautiful thought that I realized. When we are humbling ourselves before God, we see Him for who He truly is. Because most of the time, when we do not humble ourselves before God, it seems like we are trying to be equal with Him. But when you go low, or even lower, you see His real size. Friends, the answer came. You know, when Jesus came, and for me, I don't know, I, I have, I have a, a very funny mind. This was actually for me the comedy part. The answer came when Jesus came and walking on the water. You know what happened? They screamed like girls. <laughs> because they thought that Jesus was a ghost. Listen, friends, it says here, they think it a phantom that omens their destruction and they cried out for fear. And friends, if you read the description, their grip upon the oars is like iron grip. But for the first time, they let go like... <laughs> I don't want it to be caught in audioverse. <laughs> they just screamed. And friends, listen to this. And it says here, Jesus advances as if he would pass them. Isn't this interesting? Like, for example, the boat is, is where Michael was. And Jesus advances as if he would pass them. Isn't it strange? He advances as if he would pass them. What is the purpose of Jesus? Like trying to play hard to get? <laughs> and listen to this, friends. Jesus advances as if he would pass them, but they recognized him. You know what Jesus did? Jesus came a little bit closer that they would recognize his face. Why? And they cried out and entreating his help. The beloved master turns. His voice silences their fear. Be of good cheer, it is I. He advances as if he would pass them that they may be able to recognize his face so that they would call upon him. 
Oh. A few people got it. Now, I know you're still processing. He advances as if he would pass, but what his purpose was so that you would identify it is Jesus. And they call upon him. And Jesus joined them in the boat. And he said, what? Peace be still. Friends, this is the thing that I realize. Even we have seen Jesus, if we have not called him to join us in the boat, he will not come. We need Jesus in the boat with us. Can you say amen? Amen. And in humility, only in humility you will, you will realize that you need him. And only in humility you will realize that that song that we sang, Lord, I need you, will be a reality for us. Friends, let us move on. It says here, oh, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Friends, if we have given in to the Lord, this is what will happen. This is from the book prayer. It says, if you have given yourself to God to do his work, you have no need to be anxious for tomorrow. Wow. How many storms are there that, uh, that we have faced, that we have been shaken? Friends, this is the answer. If we have given ourselves to God to do His work, you have no need to be anxious for tomorrow. Friends, who among you here were surprised when, when 2020 happened? Raise your hand. Okay, the prophets are the only ones who will not raise their hands. <laughs> All of us were surprised, huh? But there's, there's one who was not surprised by the attacks of the enemy. It was God. And one thing that really surprised me, that really broke my heart during, during the pandemic, I was, by the way, I was back home when these things happened. I arrived in the Philippines five days before the national lockdown. So while I was there, I'm seeing all these things, the lockdown and, and the joblessness, unemployment. In April 2020, 7.3 million Filipinos were jobless. Like one after another, our biggest hotel, one of our oldest hotel closed down. That hotel is older than me, even if I'm old already. That closed down one of our carrier uh, airline companies. They, they laid off like 10,000 employees, friends. And one after another, and I, and, I, and I looked at the news in other countries, it's, it's heartbreaking. United Arab Emirates, there's, there's just like expats who are, who are doing an exodus outside of their countries. And a lot of workers there are dumpster diving just to survive. It's, it was crazy. And then when I look at the U.S., friends, it really broke my heart when I saw the statistics in the U.S. April 16, 2020, 22 million plus declared unemployment. 22 million and three weeks later, May 7, 33 million declared unemployment. Three weeks later, May 28, 40 million declared unemployment. I stopped Googling. <laughs> it's depressing, isn't it? Just like I'm thinking, the land of opportunity is closing down its opportunity on people. I'm like, when I was like looking at all these things, I'm thinking, what is happening to the world? Why, why the collapse? And, and I saw that the first thing that the pandemic hit was, was travel. Just imagine, friends. Before I was thinking, when, when, you, when you get a job in an airline company, it's like your future is secured. Airline company was first hit. Just imagine how many canceled flights? And when you cancel a flight, friends, when the flight is canceled, that's like thousands of dollars that you lose. Tourism was affected. Oh, friends, the beaches right now in the Philippines look so good. Because <laughs> there's no tourists. They're, they're clean. They had their sabbatical, friends. Tourism, just close. One of the most beautiful beaches back home a lot, of, a lot of businesses just closed down, friends. And I'm thinking, as people of God, how are we able to survive this? And I realize, friends, as people of God, 
we live not by tourism, not by transportation company, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the God that we serve. Can you say amen to that? We live by every word. And friends, in Isaiah, Isaiah 33, verse 16, it says, He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His water shall be sure. And when, you know Sister Melody Mason? And we were, we were at, uh, at, at 3 ABN. And in that morning before, before we had this, uh, this, uh, this shoot, and she shared with us, she shared with us her, her devotional. And she was talking about this, about the munitions of rocks. And she looked at the references of these rocks. You know, this rock referred to Jesus. So it's not just a rock that is strong tower. It's Jesus himself. So if Jesus is your place of defense, how can you fear? If Jesus is your place of defense, what storm? That will ever move you. Nothing, friends. Nothing. And, and one of those beautiful verses that, that somehow consoled my, my fearful heart is Matthew 6, verse 25. I'll not wait for you this time. Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. And I'm thinking, take no thought for your life. What does that mean? So I looked at other versions. It says, do not worry about everyday life. And I, I copied the take no thought phrase. And I put it in my search engine. And guess how many verses came up? How many verses that says take no thought? Can anyone guess? Just guess. You'll not be kicked out if it's wrong. 365. I wish that it was 365. I was really hoping for 365. You know how many came up? No, no, not one. Don't. <laughs> seven. Seven verses. I was a bit disappointed when I saw seven. But the Lord reminded me, seven is a beautiful significance in the Bible. Seven means per perfection. Seven means complete. God is telling us that when we are in Him, we can have complete peace. Amen. We can have peace in the middle of the storm. We do not have to worry every single day for the rest of your life, for seven days, for the rest of your life. God is telling you, do not worry. Do not worry if your life is in His hands. Can you say amen to that? And friends, you know what? I looked up all those verses, all those verses, one by one, all seven. You know what? All those seven were written in red. Isn't that amazing? I'm having goosebumps right now. Written in red. It means to say, Jesus spoke those words. Remember what is the word of Jesus again? Powerful. Mighty. Strong. If Jesus is the one who's telling you, do not worry, and you still worry, and the power of the word somehow is made void in your life. <sighs> My dear friends, God is telling us, give your life to me. Amen. Give your plans to me. And I'll show you that my plans are way better than yours. Yeah. <laughs> your plans is nothing. That's one thing I realized before. And my plans is as high as my height. <laughs> it's nothing. Oh. I remember a friend of mine. Can I share one more testimony? Of course, you have, you're not having a choice. <laughs> a friend of mine, he was, he was a medical student, by the way, friends. This is a background. His father is a doctor. His mom is a doctor. The eldest brother was a doctor. By the way, his oldest brother graduated at the top of his class. He was the most outstanding alumni in their university. The second brother, also a doctor, he, he placed third in the National Medical Board exam. So you see, these brains are just like crazy brains. Intelligent group of people, so they're expecting him to be a doctor. And among the brothers, I believe he's the most brilliant, this youngest person here. And while he was in the medical school, 
while he was in the medical school, there was a pull in his heart to do missions. So he finished his third year proper. Just one year, last one year. And the Lord just kept on pulling him and he's getting depressed year by year, month by month, week by week that he has been shunning off. He came to the point of even just like thinking of giving up on life. And then the Lord somehow brought him to one of our conferences and he said, okay, I'll, I'll give it to my family. Friends, he left the medical school. I'm not saying that you guys left the medical school as well. This is not the sermon. But this is one thing that I tell you. If the Lord says so, you have nothing to fear. I'll say this boldly. Even if in your fourth year, some people are getting scared here. <laughs> but when the Lord says so, my dear friends, we have nothing to fear. So what happened was, He's, he's the only missionary in this whole group of, of doctors. And friends, we could be medical missionary doctors, don't we? Huh? We could be, but somehow that is a very personal call of the Lord to him. And when he responded, during the pandemic, you know what happened, friends? Even doctors, their pay were delayed. All the doctors in the family were struggling even. There's only one member in the family who's receiving continual blessings. You know who that was? He's the poor missionary. He even came to his mom one time. Mom, tell me if you need something. I have something. Mom, what? Where did you get that? I said, from the Lord. <laughs> Friends, the God that we serve is not limited with our limitations. The God that we serve is a powerful God, my dear friends. And I love this beautiful promise here. It says, all who have chosen God's service are to rest in His care. Amen. Friends, that's from Desire of Ages, page 313, paragraph 2. All who have chosen God's service are to rest in His care. And I love this next line also in Desire of Ages, 313, paragraph 3. Every blessing needed for this life is theirs. Every blessing needed for this life is theirs. And God's children are never absent from His mind. <gasps> Only five of us are excited about this. <laughs> God's children are never absent from His mind. <gasps> Isn't this beautiful, friends? Remember, while the disciples were struggling in the boat, God's focus, Jesus' focus was upon them. Never did He lose sight of them. You are never absent from His mind, even though He's always absent from our minds. Friends, as we begin this restoration, this week of restoration, let us first and foremost know what our need when it comes to prayer. Amen. This is the first thing that needs to be dealt with. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Remember, the Lord desires to give us more than we could ask or imagine. But He delays the answer because He wants to show us the evil of our own hearts amen. and our deep need of His grace. Amen. Friends, you know what? More than you need your answers to be fulfilled, you need Him even, even more. We need Jesus even more. Amen. Most of the time, we just, want, we just want the street food, but God desires to give us the feast. Amen. We're so satisfied with the street food, but He desires to give you a feast. Sometimes we just want the crumbs, but He desires to give you the vegan cake. sweetened by dates it's healthy yes gluten-free friends let us remember when we when we deal with the root of the problem then everything becomes clearer and we desire what we desire is nothing in comparison to what the Lord desires for us and as we come before God's presence throughout this 
throughout this entire how many days, nine days, eight days, friends, let us always come before God asking Him, Dear Lord, search my heart. Amen. Reveal to me what are the things that's blocking me from seeing you. Because if our vision is not blurred by our selfish desires, we'll see that the God that we serve is a powerful God, is a faithful God, is an amazing God. Amen. And whatever storms that will ever pass our way, we will never be shaken. No storm could ever shake you out of His hands. Can you say amen? amen? And friends, you know why this is important? Because what you have witnessed in 2020 is nothing in comparison to what we're going to experience soon. If you have seen that those dreams that you have been clinging onto was washed away in a few seconds, it's not just dreams that's going to be washed away. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just bringing to you the reality and also the reality of the powerful God that you serve of the amazing God that you serve because most of the time we forget because the disciples forgot the disciples overlooked and lastly I don't know if this is the last maybe <laughs> it says here this is a very comforting thought friends Signs of the Times April 11, 1892 paragraph 3 it says if we have a correct knowledge of the character of God Satan will not be able to overwhelm our souls with doubt and discouragement. Wow. If we have a correct knowledge of the character of the God that we serve Satan will not be able to overwhelm our souls with doubt and discouragement. Friends remember most of the time you're just asking for answers. You know what we should be asking for? Lord, please show me your glory. Amen. Show me your character. Because if you have that, my dear friends, you will not be shaken. Sometimes we forget, friends, that the God that we serve is the God that cares. I know I've shared this before, but I'll share this again. Luke 12, verse 7. Luke 12, verse 7 says, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And I realize God is doing an inventory of our hair. <laughs> he knows every falling hair. When you comb your hair, there go seven. <laughs> when you use your shampoo, <laughs> there goes 27. <laughs> now when it's conditioner time, <laughs> there goes 87. This is the God that we serve. He sees the little things that we do not even see. And, and I asked this group, and I love asking the group, and I'll ask you the same thing. Who among you here has ever counted your eyelashes? No one? Why? Okay, I ask you now. Why don't you count your eyelashes? I want an answer. Please. Huh? Too much, work. Too much work. What? You don't have time? Mm. During the lockdown, you had time. <laughs> Why didn't you do it? You had a lot of time. Some of us here have, have finished a lot of seasons of seasons of Netflix. Friends, that's just eyelashes. And then one best answer that I got was, "Who cares?" <laughs> He does. Isn't it amazing? He cares even the things that you do not care about. This is the God that we serve. And most of the time, we forget that. Most of the time, we forget that. And when our, our plans are not lining in with His plans, we complain. We even point our fingers. We turn around. We forget that He cares for you more than you care for yourself. So as we end this night, let's go back again to groups of twos and threes. I think He deserves our sorry. As we come before God, before we could ask for anything, let us ask that the Lord will somehow make our hearts right with Him. That we will see the beautiful God that we serve. 
Let's pray that throughout this week, let's not just pray for us. Let's pray for the students who will come in. Let's pray for the people whom the Lord will, will pull here. And will share his message with. Because that's what we need right now. More than answers to our prayers. More than miracle. That is the biggest miracle that we should be praying for. Let's spend time on our knees, friends. Oh, dear Father, Lord, please do for us we cannot do for ourselves. Father, I ask that uh, may you reveal to us the things that uh, have blocked us from seeing this powerful God, this amazing God that has been chasing after us. Lord, please forgive us. We only desire the benefit that we could get from you, but we do not really honestly desire you. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for, for only desiring your benefits but not the character that you want us to have. So Lord, tonight we pray that may you continue to reveal to us layer by layer, O oh Lord, layer by layer the things that the enemy has, has put in between us. Lord, we desire to know you the way Moses knew you, the way Jesus knew you. So, Lord, I pray in a very special way that you please anoint all of us with the anointing power of your Holy Spirit. Baptize each one, O oh Lord. And dear God, I ask that may we stay in your presence and not leave your presence until you're done with us for the day. So, Lord, I pray that as we go back to our respective homes, Lord, may we never leave your presence. And even, Lord, before we go back to bed, may we spend more time with you. For we know, dear Father, that you desire to spend time with us. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you have done, what you are doing, and for the amazing things, Lord, that you are about to do through us and to us and in us. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor. We pray all this in the loving, precious name of your Son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.